Welcome. 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 Welcome to We Still Ain't Got Our Shit Together Podcast. I'm your host, John W. Willis. And it's, it's your boy, Jamal a.k.a. Terrence J. And today's episode is going to be called COVID-19, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Not your average news story. Now, with that being said, we actually have a guest with us today, Jamal. What that is? Man, he a man, a myth, and a legend. Did you know that? I ain't know that. All right, all right, you know, I'm going to go ahead and uh, welcome our boy, Edward Cartwright II, a.k.a. Slimbo. Welcome in, brother. How y'all brothers doing? Man, you know we can't complain out here in these streets right now. It's wild. Yeah, I'm just trying to get used to how life is at the moment. Yeah, it's, it's definitely outrageous. Yeah, this staying at home is, is tough. Well, not really. I miss seeing my, my friends, but I'm loving just staying at home. I mean, that's dope, though. I think, you know, for everybody... You know, there is some some real good to this. Um, I know everybody only hears in the news the uh, bad and the ugly, if that makes sense. So we decided to uh, start this segment off with that. Good. You feel me? So I'm going to go ahead and start off with Slim today. Go ahead and give me something good you think is coming from COVID-19. Something good. Well, one of the good things for me I can say is fitness has definitely gone up definitely missed the gym first and foremost but definitely been going outside more you know getting some jogs in getting some walking in but also with this i've seen more people at the park than i've ever seen in my life yo people are outside like you got bikers and joggers now i ain't never seen this many joggers a day in my life i haven't people just walking walking just be walking with their mask on like huh <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm be real with you. So I, I definitely live in a cul-de-sac style neighborhood. Y'all ever seen fat dogs? No, not really. Nah, we got fat dogs in my neighborhood. Them, them lazy joints. Like yeah, lazy dogs. Just lay around. But nah, people out here walking the fat dogs. Dang, <laughs> dogs are fitting to be in shape, bro. I'm just saying. Yeah, People man. stack at home with 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 their spouses. <laughs> I mean, that's a good that's a good that's a good thing though. You know, for some yeah, people. Okay, I wait. Hope that wait. divorce rate don't don't go well. I was gonna say it's good for some people. Let's keep it real. It's good for some people. I know I know Slim in the background laughing right now, but it's good uh, for some people. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I I have heard that domestic disputes percentages are up right now. Stop, I swear. Definitely, because uh, I mean, let's be honest. You know, I know everybody's home, but home for some people, home ain't safe for everybody. Then they Facts. need to, then they need to get the fuck out. <laughs> that's that simple. ASAP, <laughs> ASAP, get out. If it ain't safe, go. COVID is but, not enough you know, to, to keep you home. Not just talking about like domestic, but that is a factor of it. You know, some people ain't accustomed to this, and when you're in close quarters with somebody that you. It just changes the, dy- the dy- dynamic slightly during these times. So it's just something you got to adjust to, and some people don't adjust well. I think that is true. But to keep us back on track, <laughs> on the good, because <laughs> y'all fit to run right into the ugly. <laughs> so to keep us on the good slam, um, you talk about spending time at home, right? And uh, Well, actually, no, I thought you said uh, outside walking, outside exercising. Yeah. That's one of the things I've definitely, you know, it's like I said, beginning of the year, been trying to step the fitness game up. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just uh, just going on more walks, jogging, just interesting seeing that so many people out, I guess, because there really ain't nothing else to do. So it kind of forces people to be more active because during these times, you really don't want to just be sitting in the house putting the pounds on. 
Hey, that, that is true. I ain't gonna lie. I mean, I ain't had as much exercise as the rest of y'all because I mean, I'm working what six, seven days a week at the moment right now, and I got to get back out there. I definitely got to get out there and start walking and running. I done put on a little bit of pounds on COVID. What what I, I have noticed is more people are trying to set up their home gyms now. Dude, talking about the landscape change. That's real yes. though. Like I don't blame them though. If you're a online or, or if you're like a personal trainer, online fitness is the way to go right now. It is the new move. Like you need to be leaning into programs for fitness online, like geared to at home gym health. Yeah, so I, I definitely want to get an at home gym. That way I ain't gotta go to the gym. I can just come home work and go straight to the home gym get a workout in and i'm still at home with the family i gotta wake up at was it five six o'clock to go to the gym before work yeah yeah yeah. definitely the home gym yeah i think that's gonna be pretty dope um i was gonna also ask a quick question to both of you guys both of y'all are working from home right now right Mm -hmm. correct how has that been do you think that's been like a plus or a minus plus Plus, okay. Expound, expand on that for me. First of all, I, I don't have to talk to people. <laughs> that that's number one. You ain't got managers walking around, people just randomly stopping at your desk. Like it's love. It's love right now. Traffic, no traffic. Ain't got to drive. Listen, I haven't driven my car in like three weeks i haven't gotten gas in three weeks my car is still on full you, you know how lovely that is <laughs> that boy sound like he drive a prius <laughs> you hear me they hardly get a good good mileage but sh- i haven't had to get gas in three to four weeks and i'm loving every bit of it now that gas on drop down to like a dollar fifty hey i mean i gotta still fill up <laughs> once a week <laughs> Go ahead, Slim. Talk to me. Talk to me, Slim. Tell me, tell me your experience of being home so far. Um, I guess for me is depending on your occupation. This proves that you can do your job a lot from work from home. Um, this may be good for good or bad for a lot of people. It may make businesses realize, well, maybe. You know, maybe I don't need as the highest workforce, but I guess what my occupation is is that ninety percent of my job can be done from work from home, and it may actually get, you know be good. You know, where you can vouch for more work from home days if things go back to normal. And I think that's a special career because Slim is in the IT and security field. For those people that like the computers, so don't trust him because he does hack. <laughs> <laughs> now. With that being said, I am not as fortunate as these guys to uh, have a lot of time at home. So I haven't had a chance to really experience that that at home life lately. I mean, I've actually gone to work more since COVID than uh, what I have before COVID. Like before COVID-19, I used to have three days also off a week. Talk about Monday through Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday off every single week. Amazing. Since COVID-19, I'm either Monday to Saturday or Tuesday to Sunday. Outrageous. So it's been a lot of work going in. So, you know, we I, I, I think that we would be remiss not to say how fortunate the three of us have been throughout this process because we have a lot of people in our country who have not been as fortunate, if that makes sense. Right. I think another good I want to expand on is going to be hearing stuff like China saw the sky for the first time in years or decades, almost probably seeing the sky for the first time in decades. Uh, California reporting the least amount of emissions in like state history in decades, like birds returning to natural habitats and 
animals coming back out to play. I mean, not to play, but to roam and do stuff that animals do. Um, so it's almost like the earth is kind of reset a little bit due to the crisis. You know, all that to me is really good. What do y'all think? Yeah, that means the fact that they're reducing emissions and you can actually see the sky now. And Because, granted, I grew up in the country and I always seen, seen the sky. Like, there was no small, every night I'm seeing stars, I'm seeing Big Dipper, Little Dipper, all that. Move, you you was just out the there following the Underground Railroad, huh? You hear me? Hey, uh, I mean, I ain't gonna lie, that's dope. I mean, I ain't gonna lie. The stars when I got to Georgia was so much brighter than I've ever seen in my life in any other state I've been in. Mm-hmm. So keep going. I'm sorry to stop you right there. Yeah. I mean, it's fortunate uh, everybody to stay home and talk, actually talk to their families and spend that quality time. I mean, granted, once over, of course, people still gonna want to get out and and party and all that jazz, but they're pretty much building a foundation now where like, all right, well, since we had this talk, let's go do this now because I know that you like this and family time. Yeah, family time. That's the best thing that's come out of this uh, pandemic is family time. Yeah, family time is definitely gonna going to show and prove through this. I mean, I I think that more people are eating in now. So, you know, I think health may be a benefit from this. I mean, especially hygiene. Yeah, I I can't tell you how many times I've been somewhere and used the restroom and people have walked out with never washing their hands. And like going back to eating your food, going going and like dapping somebody up. Dude, that's nasty. Like that's super nasty. Like you just no really wiped your ass and did not wash your hands. That makes no sense to me. But, I mean, I think hygiene is going to be a big plus or good that comes from COVID-19, uh, family time. And I would be remiss if I did not say that especially people in our circle have done or have made goals due to COVID-19. Like, we're trying to better ourselves for the back end of when this ends so that we can prosper, if that makes sense. I agree. So, like, it's super dope when I hear people say, hey, you know, I want to start reading more. Or, hey, I want to learn a new language. Or, hey, you know, I I don't really know how to work this computer thing, but I'm fitting to sit down and try right now. Or, hey, let me learn how to make... um, some designs through Illustrator or um, different things like that so that you can start a t-shirt company. So shameless plug, guys. My bad, shameless plug. Or let's say, hey, I want to learn how to work a mix board so I can start a podcast because me and my friends got a whole lot to say. Shameless plug again. That's what I did. But at the end of the day, it was all about bettering myself coming out on the back end of COVID-19 so that we can do stuff like this. We can have this platform. And to me, that's some really good that's coming from this. Right. I can definitely say this is this we've pushed the this has pushed the reset button for a lot of people to just kinda take a step back and focus on things like never before. Oh, for sure. Um just you can't you're not stuck in the hustle and bustle of life anymore and you can you know, actually learn new things or set goals that you never were able to do before. Which to me is kind of amazing. Like I think for you and uh you 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 and you and your lady, you guys started going vegan, right? Yeah, for the last month in March, we went thirty days vegan and it was kind of a goal that we set. And during these times it made it easier because we're not, you know, rushing to work you can you know meal prep better and you just have all day to kind of just plan out your meals and just make sure you stick to a strict diet when you're not you know tempted at work from 
you know, coworkers bringing in treats and donuts and, <laughs> or, you know, getting them, co- them, them coffee cakes, getting them sugar cookies. <laughs> so, nah. it's, you know, you can you can actually stick to something without temptation from others. OK, yeah, I like that. I like that. Have y'all done anything uh, at home yet, Jamal? That's been like kind of real staple-ish, kind of how they did, um, you know, with with their eating habits or anything of that sort. Uh, we work out together, of course. We go on walks and just spending more time with each other, just watching, watching shows, watching movies, okay. you know, cooking, cook, cooking together, all that good jazz. More, uh, more more conversations okay okay i like that so it seems like there have been a lot of good coming from covid19 um dealing with staying home exercise uh eating better family time um emissions in the air uh i mean or, or least amount of emissions in the air gas price dropping for those of us that still have to drive no traffic for those of us that still have to drive. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it seems like there's been a lot of good. Now, I mean, for most of us, if you've been listening to the news, we've all already heard about the bad. And the bad to me has to deal with what's going on health-wise. Um, you know, getting started with this, originally hearing it, you know, it was ah oh, okay. Here comes you know just a an, 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 another bad flu. You know, like every two years to me something comes up. If it's not Ebola, it's swine flu. If it's not swine flu, it's um, SARS. If it ain't SARS, it's something else. Like you know what I mean? It just seems like all the time something is coming up, but it's never really directly affected me in a way of which. I've needed to pay that much attention to it, if that makes sense, like COVID-19 has. Or, okay, let me not say that. Or it hasn't been as newsworthy as COVID-19. So, for the bad, Jamal, tell me what you think the worst is that you've heard so far when it comes down to, like, you know, hearing about what's going on in the hospitals and different states about the bad the amount of time that these medical workers have to actually work like their shift is crazy and and they're still getting paid the exact thing they were before yeah that's that i don't think that we can highlight that enough those that are truly on the front line dealing with it Day in, day out. I mean, and I mean, it's not like the nurses aren't trying to fight back either. I mean, you've seen a yeah. lot of stuff online uh, dealing with them having to to you know really get at people about making sure they have what they need just to get their job done. And it's like, okay, well, I need you to care for them, but we don't really care if you end up sick. And it's like, how do you expect me to get my job done if you can't give me the proper tools? Which definitely exactly. makes sense, yeah. So, Slim, what about you? Um, One of the things that I heard, you know, that's coming with these stimulus checks that a lot of people are getting, did you know that people that are, you know, not considered American or illegals, they're not getting a cut of that check? Yeah, I knew that. Even though they're still getting taxed. Welcome to capitalism. So that was just something that caught my attention. I was just like, mm-hmm. wow, you know, you got people that's doing, you know, somewhat of the same jobs as others um, getting taxed for, you know, their work and their pay, but still not getting a piece of the pie like most people are. If yeah. that's what you want to call it. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy to me. Um Especially when when we're looking at it like, well, you know, so-and-so, well, we need you to come to work anyway because those are going to be the people outside right now doing construction work. Or like in Georgia right now, those are the same people out there fixing the roads. Does that make sense? 
but yet they don't get to take part of what's going on. I mean, I'm pretty sure they were the first to be laid off. You know what I mean? Too, for a lot of those people that have a lot of jobs, like housekeepers and things of that sort. So, yeah. So when we talk about that, I mean, that's more to me the financial. Um, you know, when I want to focus on the bad, I want to take a look at the African-American community at the moment. Um, you know. You saw, like, in Chicago and a couple other places where we're a little bit more densely populated, if that makes sense, that we're having a lot more deaths. Yep. Now, I think that that also highlights the discrepancies that we've had in healthcare for a long time. Not necessarily just the underlying health issues, but we've all heard that other races usually get better care than we do. If that makes sense. So, I to me, is that still a factor in this? Does, does, does that still play a factor in the deaths that are coming? Because, I mean, I, I do know and do understand, you know, the under, underlying issues like high blood pressure, diabetes, obesity, and things like that, asthma, uh, and our culture that plays a big role in how things go. Mm-hmm. What do y'all think about that? Definitely. I think black people are more susceptible to it because of the diseases that we do have within our community that most other ethnicities don't, especially the high blood pressure and and the diabetes and the high cholesterols and and, and all of that. It's it's crazy. Yeah, what about you, Ed? Um, yeah, it's crazy how our people are getting attacked right now. But I will say that, you know, let's say close to two months ago, I'm not going to say all, but a lot of people foolishly played into the joke of, oh, black people can't get coronavirus. Yeah, man. I ain't going to lie. I, I joked around a little bit with that. And with that, you know, it's because during when it, in the early stages, nobody was really saying the ethnicity of people who were getting it. You didn't really, they really just told you pretty much whether they were male or female. And, you know, most of the time with us, you know, with how the news goes, goes along with a lot of things, if black people were getting it again, then they probably would have said it. And I, I think that's how a lot of people foolishly fell into that trap of joking around. And now it's like, wow, now we're the highest percentages of affecting. Mm-hmm. I also because I know two of my old college teammates that that got it. Oh, so one I... is currently in, and one is currently in the hospital, but he's doing good. And one had it, and and he got over it. And then my cousin's uncle, he just died from it. Dad. I don't think yeah. that anybody in my family has directly been affected like to that level yet. Um, you know, we were kind of worried about my sister originally because she was, uh, when this really all started, she had just actually got back in town from Asia. And so, you know, she she was the first person I knew that was kind of like on self-quarantine. And I was like, all right, you know, are you feeling okay? You know, I would always make sure she took her fever, her temperature, and all that, and then check. And I'm like, oh, jokingly, you know, black people don't get it, right? And now that I think about it, I was playing into that stereotype that, oh, we're going to be all right. Rather than saying, let's make sure we do everything that we could to make sure things would be okay. Now, with that being said, it doesn't mean I was outside being reckless, if that makes sense. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, but I definitely played around and joked with it for a while, even though it's definitely not true. Um, Barring that, I also think some of the bad is news coverage, if that makes sense. The media is the worst. (laughs) They they are spreading fear. Like, they are making people panic. Oh, a.k.a. pandemic? Panic? Okay. You know. That just kind of one of the ways that it goes hand in hand. Um, but the news has literally, it's its on, like I usually wake up super early in the morning to get to work, and that's all that's on. Oh, COVID-19, 
make sure you have your social distance. Now, like, that stuff is great. Let's make sure we're doing what we need to do to stay safe. But in every single hour, do we need to see the waking hours of the dove, of the tolls of the deaths and everything like that, right? And then yeah. people just hysterically going on about what's ha- how things are. So the news definitely plays a large part in how we react to what we see and what we hear. And for me, I was like, you know, I can't watch the news regularly. Now, I'll definitely check the news for parts that I want to know, if that makes sense. But, yeah, that's tough. I didn't watch the news news before this because every time you look at the news, it was something negative. Like somebody's dying, somebody got shot, somebody got robbed, somebody's house burned down. Like, I just didn't want to see all that negativity. And, of course, with the media now, it's all over social media. Like, it's everywhere. You can't mm-hmm. get away from it. Every Facebook ad is pretty much dealing with something with coronavirus. It's, 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 it's making me limit my social media or, or go on social media because of that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Definitely. I can understand that wholeheartedly. Um, Slim, what about you? Um, I'll definitely say, yeah, the, the news media plays a terrible role. It it, just, it causes people to panic. You know, it's it's you should be always be prepared, but don't panic. But even early on when it was beginning, you know, to show his face, I was in Sam's Club and I just saw like the beginnings of the toilet paper disappearing and different things like that and i'm just like well i'm in the store i was like well i was i better grab a you know this bulk size toilet tissue before it's too late oh so you was part of the problem (laughs) the toilet paper disappeared huh no it's just i was being prepared i wasn't panicking i just you just wanted to make sure i had some supply you just i think it's i'm like You're grabbing all this toilet paper. You're grabbing three, four, five rolls of big things of toilet paper. Like, are, are you really that, going to be get, having a shit? Getting the extra Charmin for sure, bro. Extra Charmin everywhere, just, please. Extra Charmin, extra just Charmin. Just go take a shower and wash your ass. What's wrong with that? I don't, I don't know how toilet paper became a, a protection of the virus. Like, bro. At the same time, I was buying, buying fruits and veggies and vitamin C. And bro. vitamins, you know. Bro, let me let, let me tell you how that. So we got Kroger up the street from my house, right? And we got a Publix, like right next to each other. Don't none of them ever got toilet paper. Like the aisle looks like The Walking Dead, and they trying to scavenge for like uh, survival kits, bro. <laughs> like the eye, the aisles be straight dead, barren, nothing on them. Yeah, that's crazy. And then everybody just started buying guns and ammo i went to a gun shop like a, like a, a hunting shop in like uh smyrna i should go i tell you no they had a lot of guns though but when i tell you them lines were out the door were ridiculous out the door so the question is when you went to the shop did you purchase a firearm no i went somewhere else and got one fair enough dude is Academy and uh, Dick's closed? No. Didn't go there to get y'all guns. <laughs> like, I, I guess we just did a plug right there. Yeah. I mean, if you're in Georgia, like, if you're in Maryland and all that, you ain't, you ain't getting no guns. But if you're in Georgia, you can go to Academy Sports right now and get some home defense weapons. Just putting it out there. Mm-hmm. Definitely on list. Or buy it online. It's cheaper. Yeah. I also you say can buy, you can buy weapons online. You can yes. buy weapons online, but you you got to go get your carry um your carry license somewhere else at that point. You can do all that at the store if you uh if you get it all done right. Oh, granted, in, in Georgia, mm-hmm. you don't have to have a license to actually own a gun. No, you don't have a license you to own a gun. Your car, but if you, you want to carry it on your person, house. you need to carry carry card. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Crazy thing is, we got the gun, mm-hmm. and I was about to go to the courthouse to turn in my paperwork. Mm-hmm. They're closed until like April or May. So further notice. Further notice. Yeah, I got this paperwork that just been sitting, and I can't turn it in until 
this whole thing is. Boy, I got that dirty weapon on him. <laughs> I don't know. Like, like once I go inside the stores, I don't have it on me. Nah, yeah, yeah. It's in the car, and it's definitely in the house near me at all times. I mean, okay. So, full disclosure, I definitely believe that every family should own a gun. I am not a non-gun person. I don't think any of us are. Hello. But at the same time, like for me, I don't carry mine. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's going to be in the house, locked away. Mm-hmm. On purpose. So, mm-hmm. if you decide to roll up in here, that's a whole different ball game. Mine is always at reach at all times. Inside the house. You might not see it, but it's at reach. That's fair enough. I mean, speaking of that, I definitely want to get the uh, the home defense coffee table. Yep. Have you seen that? Yeah. Are we talking like a spring action? Yes, brother. Yes. I haven't seen it, but I know exactly. I know what you're yes, talking about. Yes. We are three black brothers that like tote. So, just putting that out there. Now, beyond that, um, we're gonna go ahead and jump into this uh, to this ugly. The ugly. So. The ugly. The ugly to me literally is going to be. Not only the aftermath of what's going to happen with this, but the people that have lost their jobs and how we have handled the stimulus, honestly. What are y'all thoughts? Listen, Delta, they let off a lot of people. And when I tell you when everything goes back to normal or whatever the new normal is, Mm -hmm. That hiring process is going to be crazy. I hate for anybody that, that works in HR and their company let off a majority of, of their people because they are going to be busy. Well, not just busy. I don't really think that everybody's going to bring everybody back. That's step one. It's not possible. Yes. It's not possible originally, at least in the first two years, to bring back everybody that, that was let go. They're not going to have that type of money. I mean... Delta lost money at an enormous clip. Like, I mean, in in the double-digit millions daily. Dang. So, when we're taking a look at that, um, I mean, airlines in general, like Frontier might be done. Spirit might be done. (laughs) I don't know. I'm just saying. (laughs) But you look at, like, Delta, American, Southwest, those are our giants. If that makes yeah. sense. I mean, Delta is super a giant because they do most of the um, international. Delta and American does, do, does most of the internationals. You know, Southwest really only does like a few international spots. So that's like the islands and I think South America. They don't do the Europe trips, the Africa trips, none of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you can't lose Delta. So Delta will get bailed out of this. Um, but. If we're talking about Delta by itself right now, a lot of those people that lost their jobs will not get it back within those first two years. Like I even, po- go ahead. That po- that that poverty rate is going to be through the roof, and it's going to be a lot of houses in a foreclosure. Ooh, hey, look, I get it. I wish no no. I wish no nothing befalls other man, right? Yes, but. I, I'm gonna tell both of y'all, we will capitalize. Mm-hmm. Y'all feel me? The market's gonna be looking nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Ca- so. ca- capitalization on this market after this is gonna be crazy. So, like, I mean, we say that we definitely say that in the good. Like, you need to be preparing yourself to move forward into the future and whatever that future is gonna look like. Um, I also think. You know, even just talking to the GM at the hotel that I'm working out of at the moment because, you know, I work for Amazon, but they have me off site um, during our training. Uh, You know, listen to him talk about his new respect for people that worked for him, because, I mean, he's a general manager of a pretty big hotel chain. He's cleaning rooms. Dang. 
talk about humbling, right? He's cleaning rooms. So, you know, me and him have, like, conversations, you know, daily when I come in, 10, 15 minutes here and there um, throughout the day. And he was like, you know, I really hope this ends soon. I mean, he's done a lot for the workers that he had to lay off. But, you know, we had a conversation. He sounds so optimistic. And I looked him in the eye and I was just like, seriously, do you think you'll be able to hire back everybody you let go? And, like, he looked like he wanted to cry. He looked like, you know, he looked at me, he, he was just like, got a little choked up, and he was like, the answer is no. He was like, there's no way after all this ends could he bring everybody back even if he wanted to. So you're going to see a a difference, right? So we got the stimulus package out, and this is one of the biggest deals for me. And what that is, it's it's a one-time fee payment. If, if that makes sense, right? And it's a one-time fee payment as if bills were going to be a one-time fee payment. Insurance doesn't stop. Car and health. Nope. Rent or mortgage does not stop. Car insurance. Uh, loan payments. I mean, Americans have been sold a bill of goods. You know, and what the American dream is, and that's high credit cards and interest rates, and do all you can to pay it back later on in life. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> it's not going nowhere. But then you're gonna have a workforce that is now the highest we've ever had in unemployment. You know what I mean? We're at the highest. I mean, I think the last number I saw was like six point six million in one day, and before that was like three point five million in one day. You know, filing for unemployment, and that will stop too. Because right now, unemployment—I mean, they're paying. Um, I, I don't remember the market. Do you remember the market? What they're paying over right now, Ed? I believe it is six hundred dollars more than what you previously made in unemployment. Okay, so I mean, what was it like? I think originally unemployment was like three thirty-two a week. So I mean, I mean, shoot, I mean, that's that's, that's almost a thousand. A so thousand people a week? actually making yeah, a yeah, lot a more lot money more. in the unemployment. But that ends once once all this ends, right? Or is there a cutoff yeah, or time a, frame? I want to say it's a time limit, maybe it's six months. Okay, so after six months, you head back. Now, with that being said, for those that are unemployed, I think it's a better position than those that are employed that don't make a lot of money, which is messed up. Like you think about it, if you're doing three thirty two a week plus six hundred, that's nine what? It's nine hundred something. It's not. It's it's like it's like nine thirty two a week. Uh-huh. And you got to round up and say almost a thousand. It's almost thousand dollars a week to, compared to somebody that's getting paid minimum wage, and we don't know if they're getting you know hazard pay or not. That's ugly, bro. Like I think I think, you know, I'm fortunate where I'm at. I mean, I'm doing okay for myself, but the Amazon even up my pay for where I'm in. You know, my, my overtime is now instead of time and a half double. Dang. Yeah, you you doing pretty good there. <laughs> yeah, you they doubled it. Money. Yeah, they doubled it. Um and 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 raised my hourly. Just saying, bro. You know, for the people that are not in my position, are not in y'all's position, you know, and they may be working for $12 an hour, maybe working for ten fifty an hour, but sticking it out because like, oh, I need a job. Shoot. Fire yourself and go get that unemployment for right now. <laughs> but I, I did hear that they've been giving people the okie doke on that. Uh, unemployment though like what like the the bidding process to actually get the benefits well i'm pretty sure it's like outrageous i mean you talk about 6.6 million people in one day i can tell you right now they definitely do not have enough workers to get that stuff through yeah i've heard people can't get a call through and websites down for their state things like that i mean Think about that, though. On average, unemployment went. I mean, and think about the thing. 
I have had the humbling experience since living in Georgia, having to go into the unemployment office after I was after I was fired from uh, um, XL City for some hater stuff. It's okay, but uh, you know there was a time when I was making really good money with them, and then you know was let go due to some unfortunate stuff that was not on me, and. I was jobless for two months. So, you know, I walked down to unemployment. First time in my life. It was like, okay, let's figure this out. What do I need to do at this moment to make this work? So I walked down there. It was like three people in that unemployment office when I went down. And that was three years ago. Three years ago. Three people in that office when I went down there. So I was unemployed for a year and a half after UPS. And yeah, I remember before that. I got hired, yeah, before I got hired on at a Home Depot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, I tell you that 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 process went by so fast. But but I mean, but I, I just think of the sheer number of people that I saw in that office, and and I think I came like on like on a Tuesday, like it's like a midweek. Everybody go to work on a Tuesday. You know, if you, you got to say at the home day, it's like a Wednesday or a Monday or a Friday. Tuesday, everybody at work. Yeah. That Tuesday, three people were in the office. So you're telling me that three people in that direct office at that point is going to be able to handle the volume of whatever 6.6 million looks like where, uh, you know, USA wide in a sense, per the, you know, their respective area. So that three people may have turned into 150. You see what I'm saying? That's a lot of people. That's 150 hitting you over the head in one day for three people. Now, hopefully they hit up all the temp agencies. It's like, yo, send me some help. But I don't know if that's what happened. Because I don't know if you need security clearance or whatever to do that type of job. I mean, it it is a government job, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You're looking at personal documents and yeah. all that. So, I think we're going to go ahead and start to wind down this segment on what do you think the world is going to look like in five years due to COVID-19? Starting with you, Slim. Um, Well, what I was going to say is, on the worst case scenario, what if things never go back to normal? What if we have a new normal? What if, you know, companies that require, you know, a lot of touching of things here or just like I told you a few days ago, like the company bird laid off 40% of his workforce through a zoom call meeting. That was two minutes long. Yeah. That, that, that was outrageous. Um, some companies just ain't going to survive. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, that was the back end of what we spoke about. Jamal, what do you think? Ah. These small businesses that are dead that would be old because they had to shut down their business and, and liquidate, it's going to be insane. Oh, they're not coming I, back, by the way. Say what? They won't make it back. No. So the debt will definitely go up. And it definitely would never go back to normal. Like in five years? Mm-hmm. Nah. I think no. I think both of you what you said is correct and y'all know that we we talk a lot and I've been on y'all about being prepared for the new normal especially you know what I mean it, that's, yeah. that's, that's what we gotta prepare for I mean I am so serious and I think it's gonna take five years maybe six years to see an economy of what it looked like almost before COVID really hit. So, I mean, unemployment will stay high for the next two or three years based on the number of small businesses that won't make it back. So the thing is, all these employees aren't coming from large large corporations. You know what I mean? You have mm-hmm. startups, you have mom and pop shops that employ between 10 and 20 people. Here, 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 and there, right? Spread out across the country. 
I mean, I think about it. One of my, my favorite salad restaurant. I mean, I think guy he he probably employed ten people. Now it's not far from the house, um, Salad Express, and I remember I went after right when quarantine hit, and so you know I was like you know it's my favorite salad spot, so I'm gonna try to go at least once a week. Um, I went one week, got some salads for the family, came home, and you know we kind of had a small conversation. I, I me and him talked. The owner, he was him, and uh, I think his wife was working, and you know he's like, I had to lay everybody else off. He was like, you know, just pray. I don't know how long we're gonna be able to keep open. Came back the next week. Guess what? Sign on the door. Close indefinitely. Dang. I was like, yo. And then not just to think about it. Like you know, these people don't pay for these businesses. They don't pay for these places that they are in flat out. Like these people ain't got this like this big amount of bread. You know, they have business loans. They had leased on like property. You see what I'm saying? Like, they are going to hurt the most out of everybody here. And and for them, like, like that's, that's their income. Like, that's how they take care of their themselves, family. Themselves or families. But I think people don't really understand. Like, so I'm, I'm, I'm definitely in a unique position to see a lot of people come towards um, the Amazonian side of things because of my job, right? And uh, I remember I had one lady, and she was like, oh... My job, I had to lead in because they was unwilling to raise the pay because of COVID. And I was like, um, well, where did you work? You know what I mean? Like, I didn't know if you were coming from, like, a hospital. You know, I wanted to know. And she was coming from, like, a mom and pop shop. They can't. They want to work as they much as possible. Funds. They just can't physically pay you what you're looking for. They physically don't. They don't. They don't physically know how long they're going to stay open, and if they are staying up right now, it's it's definitely on borrowed funds. Yep. Because I mean, you think about it, if it, it, God God forbid it's a restaurant, you know, we close down all the restaurants interiorly. All you can do is takeout. I mean, there's no reason to have waitresses anymore. If you waitress that you know Ruth Crisp and did really well for yourself, ain't nobody inside Ruth Crisp no more. You ain't making no money. I mean, I'm just saying there's so much that goes on with this. And so Ed is 100% correct. There will be a new normal. But I think it's a new opportunity for people to understand that the world could be seen and move in a different way. You know, I absolutely love the um, the Canadian stimulus package. Now, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm, I'm an economics genius or something like that and say we can do it here in America. We definitely have a lot more people, but their stimulus package for for money, everybody that's affected is two thousand dollars a month until this ends. Yeah, that's pretty decent. <laughs> two thousand a month uh, until it one ends. One of the things I was gonna, one of the things I was gonna pose to y'all, I remember, I think we spoke about it before. Is do you think casinos are gonna last? <sighs> do you think people are still want to gonna stay in hotels? Do you think? Vegas is going to survive this. That is interesting. Is Vegas going to survive? For one, that's that's that's, that's a sacred place for us. <laughs> uh, Vegas is definitely a sacred place for us. Um, beyond that, being said that, will they survive? The question, the, the true answer is I don't know. I mean, I think they will just purely based on the amount of money they make. I think Vegas will be able to reopen themselves back up. I think people will flood Vegas once the ban is lift, lifted. I I will say I think Vegas will survive. Beaches, resorts, they can make bank because everybody wants to go on vacation. Nah, nah. After this resort. Yeah, but the the only only hospitality stuff like for real that's going to survive is large is the large ones like maybe the Ritz, Four Seasons, uh, Marriott, Hilton. And like flagships, if that makes sense. Like you already got a lot of like, let's say if you head down to Miami and you ain't got the money to say at the Four Seasons, or if you ain't got the money to say at the Ritz, or if you ain't got the money to say at Marriott, where you at? You on the strip at at, at, at some little bread and breakfast? You feel me? <laughs> Are you really going to trust that? I mean, but the point, but the point that I'm saying is, I don't see, I don't see them bed and breakfasts coming back. Like I keep saying, y'all, like 
Y'all making it seem like the money not going to come due. They did not put a freeze on paying rent. They did not put a freeze on paying mortgages. There is no, oh, yeah, well, they can't evict you for 90 days. Bro, what that mean? They still coming after that check. If that makes sense. You know what I mean? Makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. So, we have come to the culmination of COVID-19, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And we want to go ahead and thank our boy, uh, Edward Cartwright, coming through. Slim, thank you for gracing. Uh, we still ain't got our shit together podcast with your presence. Is there any lasting words you want to leave the podcast with? Uh, I just want to, you know, thank God for having me on. You know, I think this is something great. You know, something great that you started. I just want to commend you on that. Thank you, sir. And don't <laughs> don't forget Jamal. Oh, of course, and Jamal too. Mm. Mm. Hey, look! Hey, look! <laughs> hey, hey, brother! I ain't forget you. You feel me? I feel you. But nah, I mean, on 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 the real, we we both thank you for that. I mean, it's it's been in, it's been in the works for a little while for us. Um, y'all know we've talked about it. We try to see how we're going to get it done. We've gone over through a, a few different methods of the way we initially wanted to do it, but we landed on this. It's me and Jamal, and we're just going to be bringing people through. Like, we really going to have a – we ain't got our shit together family that's going to rock through with us. Like, you know, you'll probably just hear from us too for the most part, but we're going to have a lot of people that's, 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 that's in the movement, and I think that's the difference what people don't realize is we're trying to start a movement out here that is going to help better other people's lives. So go ahead, Ma, sign off for us. Sign off for us. This has been another podcast episode of We Still Ain't Got Our Shit Together. Terrence J signing out. John W. Willis signing out. Edward C signing out. Y'all have a blessed, blessed, blessed time. Goodbye.